listening to the Past the Forecast podcast from Wayne 15. I'm Adam Salarzik. And I'm Joe Struess. And we're meteorologists at Wayne 15 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And this is the Past the Forecast podcast, episode number 10. We've been doing this for 10 weeks now. Hopefully they're getting better, not worse. Yeah, I mean, I'm having more fun with it. Certainly it's been a different time. We've talked about it week after week with what's going on across the globe. We're not going to talk about it too much here, but, uh, you know, it's not exactly what we expected. At times, it's been a question. What are we going to talk about? How are we going to find angles? This morning, the content came to me. (laughs) Tell you what, I was leaving my apartment this morning. We had the snow a couple days ago. It's been an up and down ride. This morning, they were cutting the grass or mowing the lawn, whatever your technical term is. For me, it is cutting the grass. That's the proper way to say it. They were doing that this morning at our apartment. About 42 degrees this morning as I left the apartment and started heading in towards the station. The grass, the the, the smell the of smell. freshly cut grass, Ooh. something that normally bothers me as a seasonal allergy sufferer. Okay. I was like, how does that bother you? That is a fantastic smell. It is. It is. But it's not something that it, it sends alarms off in my head. You better have taken your generic allergy pill this morning. <laughs> uh, Been there. Talked about that. Yes, that's right. But this morning, just. It's, it's my Monday today, leaving the apartment, got the freshly cut grass, got the sun shining this morning. It's April, whatever it is, the 22nd today? 22nd, 22nd, yes. making that transition towards May. I was just, I had John Fogarty going off in my head. Center field, put me in coach, I'm ready to play. That's what I felt today. I want to get back out on the Little League Diamond. It was a little sunny out there, too, today. It was just it was a nice morning. Usually, I am one of those that wakes up, showers, and goes right into work. Today, I had a little bit of extra time. I was able to enjoy the morning. I was up seeing the sun and also smelling the lawnmowers that were out at the complex today. It was a, uh, it was a beautiful morning. We have a few showers this afternoon, but hey, it's April. Like I said, it just made me feel like I want to get out and play some baseball. That was that was the number one thought. And we've talked on end about how I do enjoy winter. I love winter. And I love the snow we had the other day. I thought it was great. We're sitting here in a stay-at-home order where it's the day after day after day. Everyone's doing the same thing. If you're working from home, you're hardly leaving your house. Where do you go? At least Mother Nature did something to break that up. Hopefully maybe some kids across the area got a kick out of it. I thought the snow was more of a positive for us just as a way to get through this thing. A, a mental difference. Right. Instead it, of seeing. Just to break it up. Break yeah. up the day to day. But then today, wow, euphoria. Let's go. There's a little chill in the air and everything. It was great. It was great. And this is what I'm talking about. When we get the mornings like this that will now stay like this. Some early morning golf. It's just now this is this is the transition I want to feel. <laughs> so as of April 22nd, I'm ready for the spring and the summer. So you've changed from your tune of the last two weeks. I think so. I think I think Friday's last blast of snow was was what I needed and I'm ready to uh, make that transition now. All right. So people during this quarantine have fallen in love with binging programs, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, whatever your streaming service of choice is. First, it was Tiger King. <laughs> that was fantastic. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I couldn't get through five minutes. Yeah, to each their own. Uh, but now it is 
The Last Dance. Let's track the topics. Tracking the topics. The Last Dance. Started this past Sunday over on ESPN. Got the first two episodes. My immediate reaction from the first five minutes was just... They released the first five minutes early, too. And I hadn't seen that. I waited to watch it all together. But I was just hooked, in awe, shocked, and just thrilled to get to enjoy that. We've been waiting for sports. We're sports fans. I was born in July of 1997 just before this final season that they're covering in this special. So I don't remember any of this. That's right. (laughs) I I don't remember any of this as I wouldn't know any of it. This was year zero. And before then, where the documentary goes way back, the evolution of Michael Jordan and, and the way the Bulls came to be, I didn't know any of that. I grew up grew up with the Bulls, right? I'm I'm just outside of Chicago. I, if there was an NBA team that I was interested in, it was the Chicago Bulls growing up. I've seen highlights. I've heard the stories from my dad, my uncle, family, friends. I had heard things. You'd seen things. But never to that scale. And I was just, I was so proud to be a Chicago Bulls fan now and look back and just see what success really means. That is success. When we talk about our forecasting here, if we get the forecast right on the weekends, we don't get an NBA title, but we feel this success. We feel this happiness. If there's a severe weather outbreak, I remember last year I sent you an email on Sunday and said, There's a chance today, tomorrow looks like it could be pretty interesting. That ended up being the Memorial Day tornado outbreak locally. Was I happy to see that? No. But for my own self, the success of the forecast. You're proud of that. Was I proud to see that I was able to accurately forecast some ugly weather to where we could get the message out to people? There's a feeling of, of, I don't want to say pride, but... It's just a it's a positive feeling. That's the kind of feeling I felt watching this. It, it, it just was overwhelmed. And what history is there? Incredible. And I was born in the early 90s, 93. So I don't recall that a what was like four or five whenever this run was going on. I was barely grasping the concept of sports at that time. Right. Uh, so to go back and to be able to see the video of him dominating the way that he did is phenomenal, even through college to the pros and how he just put the team on his back in his rookie year in that third game just, that just went off. Yeah, and I mean, obviously we're a weather podcast here, so don't want don't want to go too heavy into the the documentary and the Chicago Bulls and stuff, but I just felt so thrilled watching it to where I wanted to know what was coming next. And now we got to wait till next week. So in a time when there is no sports, this is not only helping with it. This is a grand slam 
for us sports fans who have been looking for something. This is tremendous. This and those two hours just flew by. Yeah, absolutely in a blink of an eye. I watched it after work on Sunday, so that means I got back to my place at like twelve thirty, and I was up until two thirty in the morning. But it was very very quick. Fascinating. And another thing I think I take away from it, we're in the broadcast business. Yeah. You and I, obviously. Um, So what we've done through our college years and certainly growing up, we've always had a draw towards broadcasters, whether it be meteorologists, whether it be news anchors, whether it be news reporters out in the field. We've always, you kind of, you take an interest in it. How does that work? How are they doing that? Same thing with sports anchors. And to see sports anchors throughout this documentary some current chicago sports anchors still in it but as of 20 30 years ago i really thought that was awesome obviously we had a couple other sports anchors who aren't with us anymore in there i thought that was neat in a way to kind of see how they covered and and played a part in this so for us as meteorologists, we're, we're also broadcasters. So we it was kind of interesting to see how things were back then. And also some of the broadcast styles in the, the same way. I enjoyed seeing the 90s sports graphics. Yeah, I that too. I thought that was fun. That too. I mean, <laughs> there were so many moving parts in this that took my attention. I just can't wait for the rest of it. It's going to be. Aside from the story itself yeah. and how this all came to be. I think it's a welcome distraction in a time without sports to have something like this that people can gather around to watch and talk about. It came out at the perfect time. And I think it's, for me personally, I know you're a Detroit guy, um, Pistons fan yourself, but for me, Bulls are a hometown team, been a fan since I was a kid. Definitely, uh, in recent times, found myself, just in general, watching a lot more of the college game across the board. But if there was an NBA team that I was going to follow, it's the Bulls. And to see, I think that adds an element for me personally. You know what I mean? Like, you see documentaries. You've seen documentaries on all sorts of things. I'm a big documentary guy. Of all the great sports teams. But it's rarely is your team. It's rarely about your hometown team. And that's what's really cool to me. That, That affects you a little bit with a little more interest. I hope you enjoy the remainder of this. As a Bulls fan, I'm going to enjoy it as a person that is catching up on the greatness that was Michael Jordan. And uh, speaking of Michael's greatness, something very interesting has circulated in the last, at least for me, couple of days. It's probably resurfaced because of the popularity of this documentary. I'm going to cite Barstool Sports here. This came through Twitter uh, a couple of years ago. I believe it was back in 2015 or so, Michael Jordan was at a camp. And someone, uh, one of the students that he was at, one of the kids or whatever, said, asked him a question. There was a Q&A session. And they said, quote, if you could go back in time and you couldn't play basketball or baseball, what sport would you play? Michael Jordan replied with, quote, I went to college. I got my degree in coastal geography. And everyone wants to know what's coastal geography Well, it's an introduction to meteorology. I always wanted to be a weatherman. And then followed up with, don't laugh. It's funny, but that's what I really wanted to do. So if I was not going to do sports, I was going to tell you what the weather was going to be tomorrow. Again, that was from Barstool Sports on Twitter. Wow. 
So if he wasn't a superstar athlete, Michael Jordan would have changed careers to become a meteorologist weatherman. I think that's awesome. How often do you hear that? Uh, Mike Trout, current. I've heard that too about Mike Trout for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. He is a massive weather guy. Yeah, I've heard he's like. I think he's done stuff for the Weather Channel before. And I I knew that prior to this. I knew Mike Trout was into it. Um, Of course, Mike Trout probably hits a baseball high enough into the atmosphere (laughs) to where uh, we could get the weather happens, right? Yes, we could get readings off of the the home runs that he hits. But maybe maybe Michael was able to jump high enough. Air Jordan, right? He could be. Yeah, he's how's the air up there? Did you see the clip where he hit his head on the backboard? Yes, I. I'm both jealous and also not so jealous because I don't want to ever do that. <laughs> that had to, that had to hurt. Yeah, incredible. Um, but yeah, so he he had an interest in meteorology, and immediately I was thinking, well, you know what? He lived in some different places. Went to North Carolina, obviously your coastal geography, but then was in the Windy City forever and had all sorts of weather. So, and you, you know, travel around for these games, so you experience different climates and things like that. So. Maybe he had an interest there in it that you never really would have known about. Yeah, so that's that's pretty interesting there that that uh, Michael Jordan would do that. The follow up is what you naturally would think is, what would you do? What would I do? Well, first, I think Michael Jordan would be a much better weather man or meteorologist than I am. That that would be my guess. Well, because he, he was seemed, great at everything. He, he seemed put to his be pretty to. great at everything. So. Michael, if you're listening, come on <laughs> down. We'll, we'll give you a try on the on the green screen. Um, but what would I do differently? I don't know. I think there's a lot of different options out there. Immediately, and we had this conversation earlier, something with uh, teaching. Yeah. Whether it be a science teacher or in your case. Yeah, math is my, it is my probably second thing that I, I really enjoy, which Sounds weird, probably to many people who hate math. Nah. I have a math minor as a result of the meteorology degree. Comes it, with it. It seems like those who weren't a fan of math are more of a fan of English. I'm not a fan of English, and uh, I don't like English. I, so. take, I took one English class in college. I wow. tested. I tested out. I needed to take two. I tested out a one by one point, and then had to take the other one, which was just basically writing. Like I think I wrote like five essays in the course of ten weeks. Yeah, I had, I had a similar experience. Uh, I, I took two at Ball State. Were not my favorite classes. And I actually found myself entertained. And at times, uh, there was a, a little bit of enjoyment there with, with the calculus classes I was taking. I know that sounds kind of funny, but meteorology is loaded with math. And you're not going to get through it if you can't do the basics. In this case, the algebra, the trigonometry, and then the calculus. I actually had a little bit of I don't want to say fun because it's not fun, but to learn how to do some of the calculus was much more rewarding to me than to sit there and write a bunch of essays in English. It was way more fun. Way more. Yeah, I mean. I thoroughly enjoyed calculus. There was a challenge calculus. there. There was a challenge there, but it was enjoyable once you learned it. To, to be able to do that, just like people that write novels or write stories, to be able to formulate that. That's your baby right there. That's 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 something you put hard work into. To be able to break down a formula and solve an equation is very similar to that. It's just a set of words, it's numbers. 
because I think that's a that's a common passion that you and I would probably, if we weren't doing weather, we would pursue something in the world of teaching. For me, also, it wouldn't just be math. I, I, the reason I got into TV is because I also had an interest in TV. I kind of married science and math and broadcasting together as a result of my broadcasting class in high school uh, at Lake Oregon TPW. Let's go Dragons. Uh, they uh, That formulated the passion of broadcasting in me, and I would love to do what my teacher there, Mr. Smith, did and form a broadcasting program and create something like that because I, 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 I'm fascinated by television. That's just a, a, a niche for me that I love watching TV shows and seeing how they come together. I love knowing the behind the scenes and the minutia of that. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I always had thought a lot of that was very interesting until I saw the amount of work that went into it. Oh, it's a lot of and work. That kind of pushed me away. Uh, the work that getting the fine details down and then having to write. And, and that's not, like I said, necessarily my forte. If I had to do something else, I don't know. It's tough. Always had an interest in the amusement industry, amusement parks. Think about Disney World. You know, is there any sort of... What would you be doing at these parks? Oh, I don't know. Whatever you start with. But then eventually, I think the goal would be how cool would it be to be a administrator or a someone who would be, you know, an important role in, in making some sort of leadership decision or creative decision into what comes next or what you're going to do differently. I always thought that was in interesting. Um, would you be designing any of the rides? I think that would be cool. I think that'd be a cool angle if that was possible. Um, I, you know, that's, I think a lot of that, those people that do that, it's more of a mechanical engineering yeah. type background. Um, definitely thought about that when I was looking at colleges. It was... Do we want to go mechanical engineering? Do we want to go meteorology? Do we want to go, I think those were the big two. There might have been something else in there. But, yeah, I, I thought about it. Definitely as a freshman, sophomore in high school, so, something about the designing of, of the amusement industry. But it just wasn't, the fire wasn't there like it was with meteorology to try to push myself through the math and stuff. And then this one's way out of the blue. Um, I don't know. I think. I think being an equipment manager for like an NHL team <laughs> for an NHL team would be awesome. You want to be the guy that whenever a stick gets broken by a player on the ice, you're the one that immediately knows 71 and grab it and ha hand it over the hand it over the wall. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool. I don't know. I I never I knew from a young age <laughs> that I wasn't going pro in any sport. As um, did I. I knew from a young age I wasn't going high school in any sport. But there's jobs and people that play a role directly in those sports, just not on the field or on the court or on the ice or in the fairway. So I I was, you know, I thought about what would be a cool job there. And I know those equipment managers do a lot. Uh, they, work, they work their tails off. But I think it's kind of neat, you know. They're the guys that are there at 5 a.m. setting up the locker room and getting skates sharpened. And they're the guys that win – a skate breaks in the middle of an NHL game. They have to get that skate fixed by the next shift. It's organized chaos. Um, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool. I, in the same vein of that, uh, sports has always been a passion of mine as well. And to be kind of like a a money ball situation, being the stat like a stats sports guy. administrator. Yeah, being the one that helps to make the decisions, being a scout or 
I mean, I don't necessarily have the eye for talent, but I might be able to look at the numbers or keep stats and be able to be like, hey, this guy right here, keep an eye on him. He'll be coming up soon. That'd be kind of cool. I think that, that'd be cool. That's math-related, math-adjacent. Uh, so to be inside inside of some kind of sports organization helping to run the, the, the behind-the-scenes a little bit of the player movements. Also, this one is also – you had one out of the blue. Mine is – out of the blue it's i am fascinated by air travel and that has a weather impact yes and i would say i'm not surprised you say that because that triggered something in me too that's that's fascinating i would like to be i mean i do not like the takeoff and landing aspect of (laughs) flying that's obviously where if something's going to go wrong it most likely will go on one of those two things but i think that positive being a pilot I know that was, <laughs> but uh, being a pilot, obviously you get more comfortable with that. You would understand how, how everything works, works with that. Right. But I go to airports. I'm the guy that is paying attention to how the ground crew works with the plane, what the pilots do whenever they get there. I always am fascinated by the order of how everything gets done. Like I loved the movie Sully. Yeah. Because it gave a little bit of a behind-the-scenes inside the cockpit. I, I just am fascinated by that stuff. So that would probably be something completely out of left field that I think I'd be interested in and, and would enjoy. I hear you. I hear you. I think that would be interesting, too. I always thought maybe air traffic control. That's very organized. That's uh, organized chaos as well. In a way. I think I think meteorology from an air perspective is interesting, too. Uh, that's a whole whole different beast than what we're doing on a day-to-day basis we're forecasting your weather here at the surface which that's challenging enough as it is but take a layer of the atmosphere that's maybe 5,000 feet up up to 15,000 feet where there might be an atmospheric perturbation that could lead to some turbulence and your job is to predict where that's going to be or your job as a air weather forecaster is to say the winds are going to be a little strong from about this height to this height in the atmosphere, so you're going to need to use this much more fuel. Air tra- air weather guys are huge in the financial decisions for the major airline companies, and that's I don't know if I could I don't know if that's quite that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. That's what I'm trying to say. And that's the private sector. We've talked about the different sectors of meteorology. That would definitely be more in the private sector in terms of jobs. So you have the National Weather Service, you have broadcast, then you get private sector, which is air traffic and also power companies. So that's that's basically what we would uh we do. We do some different things, similar but different things is what we would do. That's right. Michael, thank you. <laughs> Let's move on to what the hail. What the hail? Here we are, second Sunday in the row, with the chance for a big-time severe weather event in the south. This was for this past Sunday. So we had Easter Sunday and then this past Sunday, both with moderate risks down there for severe weather, generally the same region. Fortunately, it looked as though from the storm reports, this event did not perform as violently over as much of an area but there was still unfortunately some very significant impacts yeah down in southern mississippi there was a ef4 i believe a tornado that was on the ground for nearly 50 miles that was uh that caused significant damage and if you remember 
on Easter Sunday, there was an EF3 and an EF4 that kind of hit the southeastern part of Mississippi. So they're, they're seeing some, some tough weather down there uh, these last few weeks. But there is hope for change in terms of the weather pattern that's going to be coming up here shortly. That's right. This is the time of the year where Dixie Alley, the Deep South, they are favored over a long, long-running climatological analysis just in the way our jet stream advances with the changing of the seasons, the Earth's tilt on its axis. The Deep South is favored this time of year for their highest chance for tornadoes and, and widespread severe weather. What will happen is we're going to continue to see the earth tilt on its axis. The subtropical jet will continue to lift further north, put two and two together. That's why we see our largest chance for severe weather later into May and into June. Of course, it can happen year-round, but our highest probabilities fall later on when the subtropical jet stream that we're talking about lifts further north. Put it together, the jet's lifting north, we see our warmer temperatures in the summer. I just gave you meteorology 101. Bingo, bingo. Yeah, the uh, new uh, pattern change is going to be coming up here uh, in terms of more recently. That's kind of a little bit more longer term. But the pattern's always changing, just the trends are, like you said, for later on in the spring into early summers when we see ours. This pattern change is just going to be a slight shift in that jet stream. The ridge right now, at least for the last couple of weeks, has been over top towards Alaska. That's the highest point. And then there's been a big trough through the southern half of the U.S. Uh, into the eastern half as well. So that's why we've been seeing cooler temperatures. Now, we're still going to be seeing cooler temperatures, but this is going to shift a little bit further off towards the east. So that's going to move that jet stream out of that area that has seen back-to-back -back weekends of higher chances for severe weather. So that's good for them. And if you like the cooler temperatures for spring, we are going to continue to be seeing those. It's been interesting for us lately. From a forecasting perspective. But we hit 70, what, a week and a half ago? Yeah, we hit 70 a week and a half ago, and then we had an inch and a half of snow at the airport last Friday. <laughs> it's been up and down, but I think we almost get into these patterns at the height of each season. At the height of winter, at the height of summer, where it's just the same thing every day. And that's why I don't think I could ever be a meteorologist in California, where it's they have their active seasons, but a lot of the time, it's the same thing. You know, in San Diego, if it's 70 and sunny, you need a reason for it to not be 70 and sunny. As we're here, we need our conditions to be right to get to 70 and Sunday, sunny. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, I understand and I, I agree with you on that because I was in Texas for two years, and once we hit June... The next three months, you could almost book it. 100 degrees, sunny, no rain chances. And part of that is because you were in the western half of Texas. You were influenced yep. more by that continental. Very dry air very mass. Very dry air mass. Um, that influences like the Arizona, New Mexico area. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. So once you had your active season, you just kind of got 
blocked. Yeah, not to say that the pattern wouldn't change occasionally. We'd see a few pop-up storms here and there every few days, but for the most part, it was the forecast. You could write it down and lock it in. 100 degrees, 20% uh, chance for a few isolated showers, storms to pop up. That's it. But this pattern we've had here has made it a lot more fun. Almost. I agree. It's it's fun. It's chaotic sometimes to come in with active weather. When you start your shift and there's thunderstorms firing and it's you really got to get your work done and get get the message out. You got to multitask. You got to keep an eye on the storms and you got to be able to do the forecast. But when you're the period before then and you get to forecast, okay, storms are going to come ahead of a front later today. Behind that, we're going to see the temperatures dropping way down. Then we're going to cycle right back up to 60s the next day. And then the next day, there's going to be a backdoor cold front that takes us down to the 40s. It's putting the puzzle pieces together that is so fun this time of year because it's very hard. But it keeps you on your toes, and it, it keeps a reason. You're almost learning. You're feeling more – you feel like in the day-to-day -day grind – of the meteorological forecasting process, you are actually learning and things are coming back to you from a year ago. Oh yeah, this is April. This is what we're looking at. Okay. We're making that transition to May. We're going to start seeing air masses move like this. It's a lot more fun right now than maybe it was six weeks ago when we, a didn't have a lot of winter weather and B we're kind of just in a stagnant pattern. And that's kind of where we find ourselves right now. We have rain chances that kind of liven it up a little bit, but temperatures are not going to be changing all that much over the next 10 days. We're going to be in the low 50s and low 60s, it's looking like. So below average by a few degrees some days and below average by a lot of degrees when we're in the 50s. Let's talk business. We had a good weekend. Let's break down the hits and misses. Hits and misses. We're in disagreement here on terms of a good weekend. I was not happy with my Saturday night forecast. You, on the other hand, made fantastic adjustments on Sunday to save me from being completely and utterly wrong. I was very happy with how the weekend turned out. We'll focus on Sunday. I think for brevity's sake and just some of the feedback we've gotten on the podcast, making the hits and misses segment as simple and easy to follow will result in better understanding for the listeners. So we're going to try something different today where we only focus on one day because it applies to both of us. Yes. Adam is giving himself a hard time on Sunday, even though he was very, very good with his Sunday forecast, given the data he had Saturday night. So Saturday night, you had a 30% chance for rain on Saturday. Or for Sunday afternoon, yes. Sunday afternoon, rather. And had a high of 57. That's right, a high of 57, which is what I had going into that period when I left Saturday. So I get in Sunday morning. Number one, cold front is coming through from the northwest. A lot of our higher resolution models that had kept rain in the forecast for Sunday had shown rain ongoing. So we call that in forecasting the initialization process. So is a model run starting correct? Is it initializing Is correct? it initializing correct? So when we look at that first frame on the model, compare that to radar to see how, look, if there's rain on radar and the model's not picking up on it, well, how accurate is that data going to be? So I took a look at our model suite Sunday morning. We knew where the cold front was. We had our service observations. Some of the higher res models that kept our rain chances a little bit higher on Sunday already had a band of rain at that point, 5 a.m. Sunday morning, up in uh, southwestern Michigan. There was not that much there. A few spotty showers. 
it became evident pretty quickly that morning that we were going to have a drier day than even a 30% chance for scattered showers. We might have a few isolated pop-up showers as the front moved through during the afternoon. So I took the chances down to a 20% chance with a mostly cloudy day. Knew we would have clouds in the morning. The front passed in the afternoon. We would end up with a mostly sunny evening. So we there was a lot of moving parts, but a lot of things were pretty straightforward. Um, as far as temperatures, a lot of the data came out warmer because we had that clearing and some of the data was spitting out low 60s for highs. Again, we were at 57 when I came in. I took us up to 60, took the rain chances down. Again, Adam believes he missed big. This is Mother Nature. You have to be able to adjust on the fly. What was our high on uh, on Sunday? 63? I think we got up to 63. 63 was the average for that day, and I think we hit it, if I remember, from Sunday evening. Well, we were right Regardless. there. We were right there. I wasn't. I was either a 5 or 6 degree miss. Yeah, but again, that's because that's how things looked the night before. It looked like we were going to have a wetter forecast when the front came through. There would at least be a little bit more impact on the temperatures from the band of rain that just didn't come Clouds looked like they were going to stick around a little bit longer, too. They right. cleared out very quickly. Cleared out very clearly with the passage of the front in the afternoon. You, you can't give yourself a hard time on that one, Adam. I, I thought we handled the weekend extremely well. Well, if you were anticipating rain on Sunday and you didn't get it, I would like to apologize. But that's the, that's the beauty <laughs> of the 30% chance for scattered yes. showers. And that's where the viewers... Uh, 30% does 30% not mean that you're going to see rain. Correct. Correct. Just because the rain icon is on there, we'll take the green screen out across the area, and people will say, oh, it's going to rain on Tuesday. Well, there's a 30% chance of rain. Yes, we're airing towards, at that point, you know, if there's a 30% chance there, we do believe there's a chance of rain. But it's not going to be a washout. And if it does move through and impact the entire area, it'll be done pretty quick. Yeah, we've talked about how uh, precipitation chances or pops are forecasted and what they actually mean on a previous podcast. So go ahead and dig for that one. Right. It's one of my frustrations because if we don't put, if we go a 20% chance, people get it. They say, okay, a small chance there might be isolated shower storm. If we go 30% or anything more than that, and there's an icon, we use the icon with the rain, and it doesn't rain, we missed it. That's not the case. That's not the case. Come on. Let's check the inbox. It's the past the Forecast Inbox. So checking the past the Forecast Inbox, uh, you can get into by sending us an email at pastthefourcast at wayne.com, P-A-S-T, the forecast at wayne.com or leave us a message on either our social medias. Uh, this one comes in from Brent. He says, I want to get out in the garden, but we still have had freezing temperatures. When will I be able to get my plants in the ground? So he's right. We've had freezing temperatures for the last couple of weeks, not every single night, but behind some of these more sh- powerful fronts, the temperature drop has been down into the upper 20s. So that's a pretty decent freeze there uh, for those that may have already gotten a jump on their spring planting. I don't have much to say about this. I think it's a good question. I think, look, if you've lived in Indiana your whole life and you're a gardener and you haven't figured out that a warm day in April is probably going to be followed by a cool day still to come (laughs) or a cold overnight near or below freezing, 
you got to figure that out. I've heard Mother's Day. Mother's Day is a good mark like because thumb. because our average last freeze date of spring or last frost date of spring is May 1st. Okay. That's pretty so close. So we're coming up on that within the next two weeks. So I can tell you right now that we don't have freezing temperatures as of this moment for overnight lows for the next 10 days. So if you want to put them in the ground, that's the risk you take because there are a couple nights to get down in the mid-30s. So be a little chilly. But overnight lows above 40 is probably the best bet. Once we get consistent overnight lows over 40, you'll be good to go get those plants in the ground. There's your gardening advice. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I mean, if you look at last year, we haven't had quite as wet of an April as we did last year. It's been significantly different. It was like constant rain all last spring. That was rough. That was rough. I remember... I think we got into June. The first half of June was just overcast and rainy and cool. People are saying, when's summer going to come? When's we were out at a Tin Caps game one night in May, freezing out there. Yeah. And uh, Good job of us as meteorologists to bring jackets. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, yeah. And all of a sudden it broke, and then we finally had summer last year. But It might take its, it's time again this story. year. It's a little different story at this point. Well, in terms of rain, yes. Well, temperatures are still on the cooler side. They have been. They have been, but... We started off this month above average. We've had a string of below average, and that trend is going to continue into the end of the month. We've had some nice sun lately, though. Yeah. We've uh, had some nice sun. Uh, what, two, three weeks ago, we talked about our, our sun stat, 21%. Yeah. We're up to about 24% now. There we go, Nicholas. So I know you're listening. We're getting closer. <laughs> getting closer to making it good for Joe to understand that or to be satisfied or impressed by that stat, right? should be saying. Well, at this point, and what we would expect is that stat to keep going. Yeah. If we get to the middle of May and we're below 30%, okay, you've wowed me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, yeah, that's what you said. About you said the end of April. Approximately, yeah, excuse me. So, he, he, I keep banging so if you keep hearing banging here. sounds during this, it's because Joe doesn't know how to control his hands. And he keeps hitting the microphone as I'm he's talking. I'm just relaxing in here. I got my feet up. We're passing the forecast. Pass, we're going past yeah, the yeah, forecast. Yeah, we're going past the forecast. Don't contribute to the confusion of past versus past. Anything on your list of to-dos over the next week? Uh, no. That's, that's life. I'm right waiting now. for the next uh, last dance to that's come right. out. That's right. Sunday night. That's basically the only. Oh, the draft is on Thursday. NFL draft. Yeah, you're not. It'd be nice not, to break it up too. Yeah, but you're not big into the NFL necessarily. So, I'm just frustrated. I'm frustrated as a Chicago Bears fan. It's just very hard to watch <laughs> the Chicago Bears in recent times. Well, maybe you'll. Uh, it's just very difficult. You'll and use this draft who's to turn out it there Knows what I'm saying. I mean, I had a rough season last year with no quarterback for my Steelers, so. Except Duck Hodges. Yeah, you guys have been a kind of an interesting trend. It's been a last crazy three last losing losing three, a couple big seasons, names, big so. names. Yeah, and that's okay. I don't know. I just we're rebuilding on the fly. It would be nice to just see some success in the Windy City. I've been very fortunate with all of my sports teams so far in my yeah, lifetime. Yeah, it's funny how Adam likes all the good teams. Pittsburgh Penguins fan. The Tigers have been good forever. Uh, except for the last five seasons yeah, but or so. 
in in the most part of your life, the Tigers have been yes. solid. The Tigers are the first team Penguins, that like I root I said, for that are going through an Steelers active rebuild. Fan. I mean, come on. Surprised hey. you're not on like the. I don't know. Okay. I don't know where you're going with that. Were you a San Francisco Giants fan? No. In the early 2010s? No. Why would I be a San Francisco Giants fan? They were good. They swept us in the World Series. I'm not on any kind of bandwagon. These teams have been instilled in me since my birth. The only team I chose was the Tigers whenever I moved to Detroit. And that's right whenever they admittedly started getting good. The year I moved there was the year that Pudge Rodriguez went to Detroit. We need baseball back. I know. Sox were going to be so good this year. Yeah. I have my doubts on that. Mainly because I don't like the White Sox. They were going to be better. I like giving the White Sox fans a hard time. Just because I can. There was one night I was playing Little League. I was 10 years old. It was 33 degrees and it was sleeting. And we played. We played that night. The White Sox postponed. (laughs) (laughs) But we were playing. Oh, my parents weren't too happy about that one. We were I was wearing like three sweatshirts underneath my shirt, my jersey, and uh I had like the long the long socks and the long underwear on underneath. I had to be dirty right after. I had not that field had to be destroyed. Oh, from the sleet and stuff? Yeah. From playing on a sleeted field. It, it wasn't like it was the heaviest amount of sleet. But I just remember you were standing there in left field or you were standing at second base wherever I was around the field that day and you, you weren't could, riding the bench? Well, <laughs> Coach Darcevich, everyone plays four innings, and you sit for two. So okay, we uh, and then then you would mix in. Everyone would get the same amount of full games played. You play to win the game. Ah, we played. We we he was really good in sharing playing time. So that's good. I never forget that year. That was a good year of little league baseball. But yeah, we're standing out there. If that was the same year, that might not have been. It it, it, it was somewhere between. My 10, 11, and 12-year-old year, I think it was 10 or 11, which would air closer to that that team I'm mentioning. But, yeah, we Chicago White Sox postponed their game. They're 20 minutes from – 25 minutes from where we play, and we're out there all night playing in, in uh, the elements, the April elements. Well, our April elements here are going to be a few showers the rest of this week and probably for the rest of the month. And you know what those bring? Mayflowers. That's right. That's right. Hey, thanks for listening. Hope uh, we had a little extra content in there today that maybe uh, broke up broke up the times we're in right now. Um, we're going to keep it going. If you got ideas, send us an email to passtheforecast at wayne.com. We're going to keep on, keep on grinding through this thing. So everyone out there, stay healthy and uh, be safe. We'll see you next time as we try and be 6% right about the weather this week. This has been Past the Forecast Podcast from Wayne 15.